You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Yes, so you join us as Patrick has been trying to push me off of the podcast, Patrick. So let's talk about the framing framing for this. Pat was um, trying to make me take a... I think your words were, I needed to take a step backwards. Off the cliff. (laughs) Yeah, off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Just step back further. further. Cape Shank, as we have spoken about, is quite cliffy. It is, yeah. So for those of you who don't, we're at home, who don't know Cape Shank, it's a pretty dramatic, um, pretty dramatic drop-off, right? Mm. It's kind of one of the highest um, points on the Victorian coast. And, uh, but... So more twisted. yes <laughs> so in pushing me backwards not only you're trying to push me out of the pod um you're actually trying to push me push me off a cliff yeah you're trying to cliff me patrick yeah lucky you're a bit cleverer than you look so yes Joey true said, hang on keep me in frame and I <laughs> so we got any method of madness today we've got checklists going through all sorts of things and we can yeah. focus on what we're focusing on today which is inequality and forming up our questions to ask an expert absolutely absolutely so patrick what have you what have you been looking into since we uh since we spoke last inequality i suppose what it is i've written the questions down um is there a scale Mm. to inequality like yeah is there a scale to it how do you scale inequality and how do you evaluate it and and yeah what are the measurements and things that go into that and yeah what processes do you use if there is a scale and and how do you go about that and communicating that scale, I suppose? For sure, for sure. And I think, I guess that scale piece, I mean, that's kind of one of my questions as well. But, uh, you know, if there's kind of a depth of, of scale, I'm, I'm also wondering if there's a width of scale. One of the things, um, you know, for example, in, in my day job that, you know, we cite a lot in our work is that, you know, that like the, the kind of the bottom 20% versus the top 20% in terms of um, economic prosperity, it's now a 6x difference, whereas it only used to be three, right? So this kind of this, the middle disappearing, but that's only in an economic context. There's always kind of things that go um, along Along with that, whether that's about opportunity, whether that's about exclusion, um, and other other kind of areas. So I'm kind of also curious about kind of how do you measure it this way? Like how many factors are there, not just the kind of the the percentage of, of difference. Yeah, that bangs on to the second one for myself, and that is like, what are is there like a balance to that scale? What is what are you using it for? Where you're topping it? So you're using it on opportunity like proximity to opportunity are you using it on mm. income are you using it like where does cultural values come in what are you valuing this scale on how does that seed and are there different lenses that affect your understanding of what scale is yeah i mean what inequality is and can you apply it differently to get a better understanding of different facets and the way we interact with one another and the distribution of all things that come into life and can you apply it, I suppose, not only on a human-centric, but can mm-hmm. you further it out into an ecological-centric positioning and understand equality? Because I think a healthy ecosystem is when everyone has opportunity. I think yep, for sure. ecology 
lend so many lessons to equality so that kind of like do they look i guess the question is do they look for kind of parallels in in other areas like are, is there like a scale scale to it is that what you're kind of envisioning or, yeah and then yeah. do your values like on back end of our understanding that everyone holds biases i think yeah. sometimes we can focus heavily on monetary things but mm-hmm. just understanding what is equality and is it how you were talking about widening it from yep. that um, I think it's furthering that and talking about that, like what other factors shapes up equality. Yeah. Money, yeah. proximity to nature, like what are your values? How does culture affect what equality is and how do you sort of then remedy that in terms of who you are and what you're playing with? Yeah. And that kind of almost takes me back to like the very first podcast we ever did kind of at the children's farm and kind of in, in Collingwood and kind of that idea that kind of one of the ways to kind of stop exclusion and actually get these kids to kind of um, the reason that they were actually excluded is they weren't necessarily participating in school, but to kind of overcome that, actually getting them involved in a in an alternative community and actually kind of helping them raise their own food, et cetera, is, is interesting because that was actually the biggest step that really, when you kind of think about it, could be taken to actually solve some of the kind of inequality issues that they would have faced in their life if they hadn't actually completed school. And that was the argument that they took forward when the Collingwood Children's Farm formed for around social work, when social work became the responsibility of the state um, versus the church or institutions. And that was the case made for the Collingwood Children's Farm to give people in social housing opportunity to access nature. Yeah. And then speaking to some of these people who were given that opportunity through the state, what that meant, what that opportunity meant 40 years on, I had the privilege of interviewing those people, or at least a cohort of them, and their reflection was so powerful on what that meant. So many of them went into animal husbandry, so many of them had their first interaction with animals there, but it was just a profound experience that they had there that they just cherished and held on to and so beautiful. So yeah, understanding what, yeah. what equality means. You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers. CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them, and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. If you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. Yeah, that kind of, I think will lead in nicely to like one of my questions and kind of like my second question, I guess, is so if there's scale piece, I want to know what's the one thing, like, is there actually one thing? So is that access to some somewhere like the children's um, farm in Collingwood or is it about education, you know, asking an expert in, in their kind of study, what's the lever that actually needs to be need to be pulled to actually kind of help address inequality? So, you know, is it a systematic change or is it really just as simple as as education mm. and is there um the kind of the b part to that is that is it gender specific because that's the other interesting part for me right it's kind of actually looking at um you know in a world that is still male dominated unfortunately it's kind of how does that actually work out is kind of um you know if you were born female does that also disproportionately affect how you may experience some level of an unequalness because certainly the yes the pay gap is closing but the expectation gap is still as wide so well mm. said mm. yeah 
Uh, it's a, I'm really interested to hear people's perspective on that, mm. working with a play lab out of Monash that are trying to address um, our biases in delivering education to young children and understanding what proximity to even learning concepts around engineering and science. A lot mm-hmm. of teachers are putting young kids in educate in early education to the kitchens if they're if they're like a female and the boys to blocks and building and they're building this model of trying to incorporate a play world and allow girls and boys to have equal opportunity to imagining into that place space and being able to have access to that that area and that understanding and play and exist in that space because in those two industries they are really underrepresented yep and that 100%. yeah so it's yeah. yeah interesting and that does fall onto my yeah. third one nice. which is nice um really yeah what is the magic lever is there one and do you have is it site specific i suppose what mm. are some of the areas and depending on the expert that we get in i suppose they'll be speaking to their particular area and is there something in the present that can be really done that they've identified that is a simple actionable thing and what is that and how can you do that and how can people play a part and then i suppose in that expert area understanding something in the past that has done Hmm. a similar has there been a shift a tectonic shift in equality and leveling the playing field that they can call upon that can sort of lead an example um if not why not yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great because I'm also interested in like the the failure cases. So, kind of this this thing about you know, for example, like universal access to childcare is often held up as kind of the great equalizer, but it doesn't actually recognize that that now kind of two um, working parents probably actually have to work to be able to keep up with kind of the the price of how things actually actually are. So their ability to command an income that is actually going to allow their family to to get through things is is broadly um, equal to kind of what it was with a single um, earner back in back in the 60s 50s so I'm interested about that kind of asking them around the, the so it's a t- kind of two-part question is that you know what's the kind of the the biggest failure in terms of kind of um, I guess the systematic approach to inequality like what would they hold up that we can learn lessons from because I certainly think looking back and trying to understand through um, like there's lots of kind of studies of kind of you know and certainly kind of um, child care is one kind of universal benefit is is another some form of kind of child tax credit some form of kind of freer education younger um, you know like New York for example where there no kid goes hungry at school so these are all kind of different programs mm. that people have kind of said but quite often they don't work um, over over the long term so I'm kind of interested to get a perspective on that and then start to, um, I guess, think to the future. So, you know, where does this actually all go? So if we keep tracking the way that we are, so let's just say nothing changes, that how unequal can the world possibly get mm. before it falls apart? So that might be out of the realm of, um, they might be conjecture, they might not necessarily, some experts, you know, particularly if they're more academic, won't necessarily want to kind of um, participate in a, in a question such as that, but I would like to ask it and just kind mm. of see like you know how big does the x between those who have and those who don't have to get um before things start to fall apart Mm. more than they already are yeah that's Mm. a great point and really interesting about where it'll where that friction point of 
implosion, I suppose, when things go so far apart, when does it get pulled back together? Yeah. Reform. Feels like we're heading that way. But Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, in, I mean, in history, there's kind of, you know, there's lots of kind of things where it, that's the, that's when it becomes too much for everyone. Or, well, you know, f- history, French rev, that's when we got for education. For sure. Let him eat cake, Patrick. Yeah. Let him eat cake. Yeah. But then you <laughs> yeah. got into the Napoleonic reign. And <laughs> for sure. Things just snowball. But yeah, there are some concepts there that there we were still some hold on to and hold up. It's very true. But yeah, your thought around that hmm. that point that 1950s versus now in terms of how much expenditure um, the family has to put in to provide for the family is interesting because that's like yeah. two human hours. And then yeah. what that means, I suppose, I think plays into that value system. For sure. How we value and what we do value and what we hold up and what we what we really cherish. I don't think we allow ourselves those opportunities to understand that. But no. at the moment, we're heading headlong into the rabbit hole of never-ending work and uh, yeah. twelve to twelve. Yeah, like it's it is no 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 it's it's interesting right that kind of the you try to keep up with the machine and the machine's always kind of kind of going and then the choice becomes so how where do I stop which is kind of a self self directed choice but even in that that's actually unequal because not everyone actually gets to make that choice right so it's you know if you're a worker in an Amazon factory you don't have the choice about chasing you know the machine around the the warehouse you are chasing the machine around the warehouse and if it's not you it'll be someone else who actually comes in and wants wants to chase it it's really kind of again it's an unequal playing field mm-hmm. whereas you know if you're more uh what i guess in air quotes knowledge worker you have more of the choice about when i'm going to shut off when i'm not and i think even in the in the context of kind of covid um etc that's that also plays out so if you have to work and interact with other people you're disproportionately were affected by covid you're much more likely to have gotten it too but also that you had to actually keep working mm. And kind of facing into that and the supports that were put in place for you and your ability to work from other areas via technology were much less. So then the effects of that, of course, are going to be are going to be higher. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's an interesting space. And I guess I wonder as well, like kind of, you know, this might be like the bonus question, <laughs> if, they, if they're willing, is then like your point around kind of that. So this is a human construct we're mm. talking about, but even with any environment, when it gets so out of balance fails so kind of you know their i guess their kind of um view on that in terms of that you know if assist any system and you know will fall if it becomes too unbalanced so just to kind of get their perspective on kind of are there other analogies that they would draw Mm. other things that we can kind of actually um help our listeners think about great to get a historian in on inequality like when it changes because just mm. the things in my mind are starting to tick off. There's the, the 888, that significant time Australia really latched onto that, having eight hours for family, eight hours for work, eight yep. hours for sleep or yourself. Like that was universal. And that's been blurred. Yep. COVID blurred that, I think, also for intellectual workers and factory workers, everyone. It's yep, just been it's true. like the painting's been messed up. <laughs> yep. And to make sense of it now, I think, will take some time. But I think certain mm. things have pushed and pulled and. Yeah, I, it is, I guess it's become more individual, hasn't it? So, mm. I mean, obviously that that cultural context. I mean, I've totally missed missed that. But you know, I kind of was quite struck reading um, the kind of uh, my uh, barbarian days, the kind of the the surf novel when he talks about Australia being this workers' paradise, mm. and where kind of you know everyone was kind of universally well paid, no matter what the job actually was, and the dignity of the worker was up, upheld. And you know, I remember reading that and going, "Fuck, that's not the Australia I know," in terms of what my experience of, of 
of that's actually actually been since moving here in uh, in 2006 is that that just doesn't that just doesn't correlate, you know, with actually how I experienced that. But kind of post COVID, it's like, like we're not getting back to 888. We're getting back to I work during these times in these shifts and then I do these things. So it's not a cultural collective thing. It's actually quite individualized. Mm. And being there. Interesting to hear people's perspective on that, and yeah, yeah, how how the read the read the read of the game at the moment, and what COVID has done, I suppose, is on top of that. If yeah. we get a chance for their perspective, I think it'll bleed through. And then yeah, also, if the listeners mm. have any questions, please sure. send in. That would be send them in to us. Be great. We'd love to hear your perspective. We don't have the expert that we know quite yet, but it'll be great to just hear your thoughts if you're engaging with this conversation about things mm. that you'd like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, we're probably leaning a little bit more kind of academic. So there's yeah. kind of, there's a record in terms of who I think we're going to try to engage with. So mm-hmm. we'll see how we go. Yeah. Very good. Let's eat next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Cheers, Patty. Thanks, Joe. All right. I'll now step out of screen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to BAU, Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's B-A-U-P-O-D-C-O.